Jesus, we thank you so much for breaking our chains this morning. We thank you that we don't have to submit to fear anymore. Lord, I thank you that you have adopted us as your children, that we're not just here at a club in a basement or something like that. Lord, we're here with you this morning. And we thank you, Lord. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and speak to us as we open your word together. Lord, would you speak to every heart this morning? And uh, I pray that it would change everything in our lives. Lord, I thank you that that's what can happen when you speak to us. So would you help us to be hungry, even where we're not hungry, but would you make us, make us hungry so we can, we can have our fill of your love this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't you give somebody a high five, maybe a hug as you take a seat this morning. Everybody doing all right this morning? Awesome. Check out this table. This table can mean one thing and one thing only. That means that I'm not preaching this morning because I don't use tables like that. Uh, we are really excited. These next four weeks, uh, we are going to be uh, not hearing from me on Sunday mornings. Praise the Lord. I bet you're all excited about that. I'm just kidding. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, we, I just thought it'd be really fun to take a handful of weeks and uh, not hear from me and instead hear from, uh, hear from some people in our church and uh, just kind of let the family speak to the family for a little bit. Does that sound exciting to anybody else? So I'm really excited over the next four weeks. I'm not going to spoil it and tell you all of the people who are preaching, but it's four different people over the next four weeks. You're not going to want to miss it. We're going to have a good time. And uh, so this morning, uh, I have the honor and the pleasure of introducing to you somebody very special. I need you to jump up on your feet with me this morning. Graduate of Union County High School, measuring in at six foot eight, 250 pounds, the one, the only, Mark all right i didn't tell him i was going to do that do you feel honored that was new yeah that was new you weren't expecting that one this is mark frazy he's incredible where's Lindsay at Lindsay, in the back both hands up what's up Lindsay? mark and Lindsay frazy uh, if you know them you love them am i right or am i right uh, I'm really excited for Mark to come share the word with us this morning. Uh, Mark and Lindsay uh, became friends of ours, uh, ours being Heather and I, um, I guess January of 2016 or so when we were starting to plant this church. We had hung out with them one time and told them that we were coming to town. We didn't even really ask them to come to our church, but he called me a few weeks later and was like, hey, we want to be in with what God's doing in your church, so we want to jump in and help build. And they have been at everything ever since then. They lead our host team. They lead a life group. He preaches on Sundays. They've got incredible kids. They're awesome friends. They're fun, and they're funny. Um, there's so many things we could say. Let's go around and say, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so I'm going to pray for Mark, and uh, he's going to preach this morning. And you all know that we like, to, we like to engage with the speaker. So I'm going to be in the front row shouting him down all morning long. I invite you to do the same. Uh, so are you, guys, are you guys ready to hear from your good friend, Mark Frazee? I'm going to pray for him. Pray with me this morning. Jesus, we thank you so much for Mark. We thank you that he's a man of God, and uh, we thank you that more than anything, Lord, he loves you. And uh, it's an honor to hear from him this morning, and I thank you that you've got a great word to share with us out of your word and through Mark, uh, and I pray, God, that every heart will be open to hear it this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 I've read the outline. It's a good word, so let's get into it. Here's your microphone, my friend. All right. All right. Um, just real quick, while we got Andrew kind of taking his seat, who's happy to be at a church pastor by this guy? 
I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna holler, come calling you out a little bit too. Um, one of, the, we do, we do, we do have time for that. Um, one of the unique things in my Christian faith, my Christian walk, has been getting to see your faith. Um, I'm gonna cry because you know, because um, I cry. Um, <laughs> but your faith is huge. It's changing my life. It's changing the life of a lot of the bodies in here. So, you keep leading, man. You keep leading. Um, all right, so I cried through most of worship. If anybody was behind me, you probably picked up on that. This, I did not have an itch. That was, that was, that was what was going on. Um, is this too high? Okay, we're good. Give me, give me feedback because I don't want to give you feedback. All right, all right. Um, you know, as I look out, you know, and see so many faces, it's, it is truly an honor to get to, to sit up here and talk to you folks. Um, and I'm going to try not to cry through the whole daggone thing. But... I just really believe that we've got a big God, and I believe he's got a big word for all of us, um, and I do, I do hope it changes our life. I know it's changed my life. I know just getting, getting to prepare has been just an insane blessing. Hold it up higher. Yep. See? Give me the feedback. It's been an insane blessing just to get to attempt to prepare to talk to you folks. Um, I do love you guys. You know, you're, you're family to me, so, so I just appreciate you guys. Um, and probably if... One of the big points I want everybody to take away is just know that God speaks. Um, I learned that a lot just in getting to prepare, and I don't think I always knew that. And I think God used to be this, this stale, um, just that, that concept of this distant God, and, and he's not that. God speaks. I've gotten to ask him some questions over the past couple of weeks and trying to get ready. And, and he shows up and he answers, and, he, and you wake up fresh in the morning with, wow, that's, that's a new thing, and I didn't think of that yesterday. And, you know, an outline that I got to put together, man, he deleted the whole daggone thing. So... <laughs> Uh, so here we are with something new. Um, so I just thank you guys. Bear with me. I'll try and get my emotions in check, and, and then we'll get through this thing, all right? I love you. I love you. All right. So I am a child of our Father God. My name is Mark Frazee. I'm, my beautiful wife is she's trying to hide in the back. Uh, that's Lindsay Ann. She's been with we got, we got 14 years in together almost, come in May. Come on. I mean, you got to get them early if you're going to lock down somebody that cute, right? Before she gets it figured out. She didn't know what she was doing yet. Um, so to that point, here, here we go, right? So when she was, she's 18 in that picture, so it, it's, it's okay. Um, and then <laughs> we got to take a mission trip to Haiti. Um, I think it was after, was it after your sophomore year, after your freshman year of college? I can't hear you. I think it was after a freshman year of college. So... We did actually do some mission work while we were there, but we escaped up to this awesome place. And the, the picture on the right, is it on you guys' right too? It's not a mirror image. So the picture on the right is this waterfall that we got to go climb up. You can kind of see to scale. We, we jumped from the top of that thing. It was about 30 feet up in the air. We got to, to jump in, and it was this awesome experience. You know, we're new in, new in love, young in love, and we're taking each other's hand, and we run and make the big escape. And... The problem is Lindsay forgot to jump. So, so you kind of have this, this experience where somebody runs and jumps and then somebody else runs and just keeps running. So there's this plummeting thing that she's doing. Oh, they went straight to that. All right. So you can kind of see, right? Like she's, she didn't get much height with that. And the, the nice thing or the bad thing about this is this wasn't a straight down waterfall. That it's kind of like this. So she was... She was destined, she didn't know it at the time, but she was destined to, for doom at the bottom of that thing. 
the, the cool thing was, you, you, see that, you see that handhold, right? So I had, I had a hold of her, so I got to, look at that strength. I mean, I am, I am, I'm saving life right there. Um, so, and it must have worked. I, you know, I convinced her of my awesomeness. And Chad, you have exhibit A. There we go. So it did, in fact, work. So my awesomeness was compelling. Bam, one, two, three, four. So the Spider-Man kind of character there, that's Simon. Um, he looks like he's got some football action going there. That's not, that's not really him. If, if you know Simon, you've heard a lot of sentences start with the word um, actually or literally. Um, sometimes what he says is right after that. Sometimes it's not, but he's convinced of it, so he's going to tell you about it. The turtle next to him is Ben, so Simon's eight, Ben's six. Um, ben is... Ben is uniquely, like, the nicest person I've ever met. I don't, I don't know how to say it any better than, like, when he plays video games against Simon, he's rooting for Simon to beat him. Like, that's, he's, he's really funny unless he tries to be funny, in which case he's not funny. Um, the pinkish dress over there is my four-year-old Claire. She's, she's, she was one I, you know, you sit there and think, what are you going to do to describe your kid, right? And, and Claire just loves big. I know, I'm spitting there. I know some of you guys have daughters that are around her age, and man, she just loves them. I mean, she just, for whatever reason, she is able to love well. And Livy in the blue, um, I came up with nothing. I'm, I wanted to say, man, Livy, you know, recently potty trained, but she had an accident in Andrew's house this week, so <laughs> that was out. Um, and I, I describe it as the Livy experience. I mean, you just, you just have to do it, and, and you, you kind of know what it's like. She cracks you up, but... But that's her. So this, this trip to Haiti was actually a construction trip. So I don't know if you've seen my wife's guns back there. Lindsay, you've got, Lindsay, you got to come up and be on display up here a little bit. But, so, so you can see that her construction work probably stood the test of time uh, with, all, with the guns that she's got. All right. So flowing down to, the, to where we are. I'll catch my place. Um, so the strange thing about me. One really curious thing for, about me is I wanted to be a father for whatever reason at the age of 9, 10, something like that. That's when, that's when it became clear to me that that's something I wanted to do. I remember being in Mrs. Caldwell's fourth grade class and having this dream for what life needed to look like. And I was excited to be this dad. Um, and I know that that's, I don't think I knew it was so weird at the time, but I think I've discovered you know, later on that you know, that's, that's not normal to want to be a dad at the age of 9 or 10. Um, Somewhere about the same time, I remember hearing this story about a guy named Isaac, so we are going to kind of transition a little bit toward God a little bit here, okay? I remember hearing about this guy named Isaac um, in Genesis chapter 27. Isaac has these twin sons, the older one's Esau, the younger one's Jacob, and he's supposed to speak the blessing over his older son. Um, some trickeration happens, and he ends up speaking the blessing over, over his younger son, Jacob. And I kind of remember at the time thinking, what's the big deal? Like, what's, why does it matter? What's, why is it significant that the old man spoke the words over the other child? Um, as I got to thinking more about actually getting to be a dad, um, I think it, it was impressed upon me. I think the Lord impressed it upon me that the words that the fathers speak, fathers speak over their children, they really matter. Um, and that's, honestly, that's, that is the point in, in where we're going. That's, that's where we're going today is, is we're all just kids. We're all just kids asking, Dad, who am I? And, and that's the title of our sermon for today. So we're going to transition a little bit. That's exactly where we are. The title of this sermon is Who Am I? We're just kids asking him that question. Our true identity, I'm going to give you the punchline. 
Their true identity needs to stem from the fatherhood of God. We're going to talk about a, you know, how to get there a little bit, but, but that's where we're going. So I want everybody to kind of, in your mind, think about what it is that you, when you think of identity, when you think of that question, that who am I question, what comes to mind? And we've all, we all have, we all have something that comes to mind first. In a perfect world, we're all sitting there going, I am a child of God. We just sang it. That's the first thing that comes to mind. And let me tell you kind of the sub points, but we're probably not all there. We're probably, um, we probably have believed a lot of lies along the way. Um, and even sometimes when we get it right, we, we go back to believing those lies. So I'm just, I mean, just what, come, what came to mind? You know, do you define yourself by your profession? Do you define yourself by how you relate to somebody else? I'm a dad, I'm a mom, I'm a sister. You define yourself, unfortunately, by something that happened to you. You were a victim of something along the way. Um, what, what comes to mind when you think of that, that question, who am I? And probably more important than when somebody asks you, who am I? What do you, what do you think of? When you ask yourself that question, who am I? In those, in those real candid private moments, what are you thinking? Who am I? Um, are you an addict? Do you think of yourself by your appearance? Is it the words that your actual earthly father spoke over you, good or bad? What is, what is it that comes to mind? I'm going to take a drink here. All right. So we're going to go to the Word. We're going to go to Exodus 3. While you're flipping a little bit, if you if you got Bibles, I know if, if you don't have a Bible, throw your hand up. There's some host team folks, maybe my wife, that will bring you one. Um, but we love to get into the Word. Um, we're going to focus on... Exodus chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. So while we're getting there, I'm just going to set the scene a little bit. Some descendants of those people we talked about earlier, um, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, ultimately 400 years or so later, a guy named Moses comes on the scene. The Israelites are actually enslaved in Egypt at this point. Um, long story, Moses ends up being able to grow up in the king's household. He grows up in Pharaoh's household. Um, he's out in the town one day and happens to see a fight between an Israelite and an Egyptian and he takes the life of the Egyptian. He hides the body. Um, it becomes discovered uh, by Pharaoh and Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's going to hunt him down. I mean, that's, that's basically the, where this is at. Uh, Egypt's most wanted kind of thing. Um, and, and he's got a jet town. So he heads a couple hundred miles to the east to, uh, to Sinai. He becomes a shepherd. And that's kind of where we start. Moses has just seen the burning bush off in the, off in the distance. It's not being consumed by the fire. And he's like, I got to go check this thing out. Moses, in amazement, has to go see what's going on. So this conversation between God and Moses ensues. So we're starting in verse 10, where God says, Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. So there it is. There's our pivotal question right there, the, the who am I? Moses goes on to try and explain who he thinks he is, right? The rest of his question isn't really a question. It's an answer. It's who am I? And let me tell you who I am. I'm, I'm inadequate. I am not up to the task that you're trying to tell me to go, go accomplish. You've taken what may be the hardest thing anybody's ever tried to do to go to the most powerful man in the world and convince him to release his workforce and you've picked me this guy that's an outlaw from that land you could have if you'd have lined up all of humanity left to right and picked everybody I would have been the guy the guy on the end I would have been the last guy I was a murderer from that place I, I was of the slave race 
I killed one of the master race. I'm an outlaw. I'm an outcast. I do not belong. I am not the right guy for this thing that, you got, that you've got on your mind. I understand that your people need to get free. I know they've got to get out of that place, but I'm not your guy. I mean, that's what Moses is proclaiming. His identity is consumed by one thing, and that's fear. And I hate to steal from the song we just sang, but dang it, that's what he's consumed by. You know, I'm no, I, am a, I am a slave to my fear, and I am not going to go do this thing. I am inadequate for this impossible task. I should be the last one you've got picked. Um, God, pretty good at conversation, right? He's, he's got an answer. So jumping in verse 12, um, God says, but I will be with you, and this, shall, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people, let me start that again. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, if... I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. So, side note, one of my least favorite things is, is the it is what it is kind of, kind of saying it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know what that means. And so I feel like that has to be, at least my initial reading of this is, I am who I am. If I'm Moses, I'm sitting there going, I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, and, and even sometimes later, you're trying to piece that together. It doesn't, it doesn't on the surface make sense. But God, God has a point, and he's making a point. Um, so it appears that God's come into this confusing situation and tried to make it even more confusing. Um, Moses already said, look, I can't do this. I already don't measure up. You've got this big thing going on. I'm not your guy. And basically, God, Moses is asking God, God, don't, don't you know who I am? You've, you've got this thing, but I'm Moses, right? I'm, I'm the murderer. I'm the shepherd. I'm the outcast. I am, I am not your guy. And God says, yes, I, I do. I know who you are. Do you know who I am? I mean, that's, that's the encouragement. That's what God's coming into that moment saying, I am who I am. And it looks like um, it's, it's just a focus change is exactly what God's trying to do. He's taking, taking Moses from looking at himself and looking at the thing that he can't do and saying that with me, we can do this thing. Let's go do this thing. So in verse 12, you know, there's, there's the win. I put a little, put a little inflection on that one. There's the win. In verse 12, God says to Moses, um, when, you have brought the, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. So God, God is telling Moses how this impossible task that he's assigned to him, he's already, he's already claiming victory. There's a when in there. There's not an if you happen to get it done. It's when that happens, you're going to think back on this moment. We're going to be standing in this place Victory will have occurred. I'll have drawn my people out. And you'll see it's a win. It's not an if. When God speaks, he speaks in wins. He doesn't speak in ifs. God's good. God knows what he's doing. He will get it done. So God says, Moses, I know the plans that you have. I know the plans that you have for you. You've got a very specific plan to stay on the side of this mountain, feed some sheep, and die. I mean, that's, that's what you've got cooked up. It's safe. You're shackled to that. You know, it's, it's a safe place. That's where you want to spend eternity, um, or at least spend the rest of your, your years here. And 
God kind of outlines in his, in his own mind, I think God's outlining what the rest of his plan is. I'm just going to read some of this. Um, God says, I plan to use you to change history. I plan to use you to, to do a series of impossible miracles that are going to draw my people out of Egypt. I'm going to use you to bring plagues on those people that are going to be so severe that they're going to not just let you leave, they're going to beg you to leave. They're going to transfer the wealth of the most powerful nation in the world to my people on the way out the door. I'm drawing them out, and I'm going to bless them through you. I'm going to draw you out, out through a parted Red Sea that you are going to lead the charge parting that thing. I'm going to use you, Moses. I'm going to write the first five books of the Bible using your hand. You know, that, that Pentateuch. Moses gets to write that thing. I'm going to provide daily manna for you. I'm going to I'm going to draw water from rocks through you. And ultimately, we're going to be back on this mountain. And you're going to, you're going to remember what, we, what I said. You're going to remember this conversation, that we end up on this mountain. This is where I provide you the Ten Commandments. This is where the law of the people come. This is where, all that stuff that's written down in the, in the early Old Testament. We are going to end up back in this place. And I want you to reflect on this verse. It's funny. Um, Side, side note, not to distract, but it's funny. I had that conversation with my wife this morning because I don't want to be up here talking to you people. And I, I was like, man, I've got this thing I want to give. I wish God would give me an encouraging word. And it was that picture that I'm going to get to be back in my kitchen later and hopefully proclaiming victory, right? I'm going to get to say, there it was. We did that thing, right? So it's funny how he gives you the sermon exactly that you need. Um, all right, so... God of when, not God of if. In verse 14, God goes on, says, since I've already guaranteed your success, I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about my own identity, and hopefully that's going to clear some stuff up for you. He says, I am who I am. I think what he's saying there is take your identity and connect it to me. Your identity is, everybody's identity is connected to something. You know, the, something came to mind when I said, what's your identity? It was your job, or hopefully it was God, but your identity came to something. And he's, he's telling Moses, take that identity and tie it to me. You're going, you're going to be linked to something. Something's going to be the first thing that comes to mind. Take hold of your true identity, my son. Yoke yourself to me. Hit your wagon to me. Let's go and do this thing. Let's attack life together. I've got big dreams for you. I've got big plans for you. And they don't involve staying on the side of this mountain. They involve getting out in the world and doing something that I've got that, that, that's never been done in all of history that I'm going to do through you. You're my man. And I think... He's just saying, let's go for a walk. You know, he's not, he, he doesn't cast all, that, all the rest of that vision that, that we talked about there, um, all the rest of the stuff that Moses gets to do through the rest of his life. He doesn't, he doesn't explain all that to Moses. Moses couldn't have pictured the Red Sea. Moses couldn't have, have known what that was going to look like. He probably couldn't even really envision getting back to that mountain alive. You know, all the, just going into a place where he was a murderer. I mean, you know, how's he, how's he even envision that? But, but God's got a big plan. And I think... It's so significant when God chooses to name himself. God chooses to name himself, and he could have picked anything. I mean, he's God. He picked I am. He did not pick I was. And, and if, if we're children of that God, if our identity ends up linked to that God, then that that gets to be our identity. Our identity gets to change from the you were into the you are. His name is not I was. And I want to I mean, go to those. Go to some of those you were's. Go to some of those lies that you've believed. Go to that you were 
addicted to this chemical. You were addicted to this habit. You were filled with hate. You were an adulterer. You were so concerned with how you looked that it controlled your life. You were racist. You were manipulative. You were negative. You were bitter. You were motherless. You were fatherless. But we are not fatherless. We've not only are we not fatherless, we get to chain our identity, connect our identity with love hand in hand to that big God. So I just want everybody to kind of, we're going to pause, we're going to go a little group activity, you know, that we're going to speak some of the you are's as opposed to the you were's. Um, I wanna, we're going to close our eyes, we're going to open our hands, put our hands out in our lap, we're just taking this receiving posture. I'm going to speak some of the you are's from the Bible, some of the you are's that God speaks over us, and it matters the words that the Father speaks over us, so kind of soak this in. In Genesis, you are created in God's own image. In 1 Samuel, you are not forsaken. In the Psalms, you are his people, the sheep of his pasture. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. In Isaiah, the Lord says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You are the clay in the hands of the potter. In Jeremiah, you are planned for. He plans to give you a hope and a future. Think about Moses. He's got plans for you. You are known before he formed you in the womb. In John, Jesus is the vine. You are the branches. You are no longer servants. In the Corinthians, your body is is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You were bought with a price. You are the body of Christ. You are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In Galatians, you have been crucified with Christ. You no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in you. You are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And Ephesians is good. There's a lot of this. You are chosen before the foundation of the world, holy and blameless. You are predestined for adoption. You are redeemed through Jesus' blood. You are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. You are made alive together with Christ. You are raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. You are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You are created You are created after the likeness of God in, the, in true righteousness and holiness. In Colossians, you are raised with Christ. In 1 Peter, you are chosen. You are part of a royal priesthood, a holy nation. In 1 John, you are loved and called children of God. We're going to wrap up in Romans. You are fellow heirs with Christ. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. You guys can open your eyes. That's your identity. That's who you are. Your sons, your daughters, your co-heirs, you're planned for, you are not forsaken. You've got a big God with a big plan. That plan does not involve dying on the side of a mountain. That plan involves getting out there and doing life, living out the plans that he has for us. So I promise we're, we're getting closer to the end, all right? So you can see that our identities are linked to something. And I've made that point a few times, and that's, that's probably one of my take-homes. Our identity is connected to something. And you can tell a lot about what it is that you're connected to by the nature of what connects you to it. 
a lot of those you wears involve chains. In fact, probably all of them involve chains. They probably all involve shackles. You can look down at your wrist. You may not know exactly what's on the other end, but it's not good. You know, there's, there's this, right? There's this opportunity. There's a Father God that loves you, that wants to take your hand, and wants to walk out life with you. Um, you can tell a lot about him by the nature of, of how he's leading you, by the nature of the, those interlocked fingers. Um, we're going to take, take one more look back at that cliff diving picture. All right, so that, that last one. You can see the little blob, the cute little blob. All right, and, and then the, the bigger, not-so-cute blob. And, yeah, it was a little sneaky throwing that in at the beginning, but that's all right. Um, why did it work out? I mean, why did that particular fall work out for Lindsay? It's, please don't hear that Mark's equating himself to God, okay? We're not, we're not going there, but it worked out for Lindsay because willingly she reached out and took, took my hand, and, and we jumped. I mean... She didn't know where we were going. She didn't, under, she didn't know the lay of the land. She didn't know that there were rocks jutting out at the bottom. She just took the hand of somebody that loved her, and she just jumped. And I wish she would have jumped a little better, but anyways, <laughs> she, that's what she did, right? And, and I, was, I was in love. I mean, I, was, I had my cute little 18, 19-year-old. We were, we were doing this thing, and, and she stuck with me. Um, and I would do anything for her, right? I mean, I would... I would give her anything that I had. I would give her my best. Um, and you're in that situation where you get to reach out and take the hand of that loving father. You get to look at, look at the shackles that you're wearing, throw those things off, whatever lie you believed about yourself, about who you are, throw those things off, take the hand of that loving father, and, and jump. And let, let's see where he takes us. Um, so think back to Moses in Exodus. Um, he had chained himself to, to an identity, and his identity was fear. And he didn't want to leave the safety of that mountainside. Um, God gave him an invitation. God gave him that invitation to, Moses, I, I, know, I know there's an impossible task before you. I know you've been asked to do something that doesn't make any sense to you. Um, but I need to tell you who you are. And who you are is my son. Who you are is victorious. Who you are is somebody that's going to accomplish parting the Red Sea. And we're going to meet back here one day. And we're going to think about this time. We're going to think about this conversation. And that's who you are. So Moses is really reflecting on the fear and, the, and the who he was and the were. And God is casting the vision of I am who I am. Cast, tie yourself to me lock your hands with me and let's do this thing um, so God's inviting him to take hands with him and that's, that's honestly that's the invitation to us today um, you know I feel like I think back of those words that Isaac had that Isaac was speaking over his son and they mattered the words that the father spoke mattered because they gave him identity and We've heard a lot of the identity that the Lord casts over us. We are victorious. We are planned for. We are heirs. And it's an invitation for everybody just to, just to go into that place of who am I. So, again, I hate to, hate to do group activity, but that's what we're going to do, right? So 
So get a pen, get a piece of paper, and I want everybody just, we're, this is kind of the closing, right? We're kind of getting, we're getting to that place. And I want everybody to really um, ask the Lord directly, to take a moment to say, God, who am I? There's, there's, a, there's a part of this where it's, I know that I'm your child, but give me the rest of the picture. I, you know, I took the time to, to text my dad during the week, you know, to just say, hey, you're a great dad. And, um, you know, he actually took me to Daytona 500 a couple of weeks ago. And it was a lot of fun. We got to do this thing. I got to reflect on a lot of things from when I was a kid. But his response back to me that I woke up to the next morning was, and you're a great son. And your dad's not going to give you, your heavenly father is not going to give you something worse than what, what my earthly dad gave me. You know, my, my flawed human wonderful dad gave me back and you're a great son so we're going to go go to him now and just ask god who am i write down write down what he says if it's good if it's good it's god right so um, just let's do that together i'll close this out in prayer man it's a long time so Father, we just thank you that, that you're a good God. God, we thank you that, that you speak, that when we ask the big questions that you're not far from us, that you are, God, you are the great I am. You're the God of the present. You're the God of the present tense. You are right here with us. Lord, I, I just ask for every individual here that's had the opportunity to say, God, who am I? Lord, that, that you've spoken clearly, that they've heard you, that they absorb it, that they take on that identity, Lord, that they, they look at the you words and that they, they cast those aside, Lord, and they let the vision that you've cast for them take hold. God, we thank you that you're the God of the I am and that we get to be who we are. I just pray that you would you would remind us every day, that you'd remind us every day to, to ask that question. God, who am I? Who am I today? Lord, you'll give us exactly what we need. Just like, just like that manna you provided for Moses, that daily ration, you'll tell us who we need to be. I just thank you so much that you're a God that speaks. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that dwells inside us. Thank you for your son, Jesus, that you gave for us. We're going we're gonna to close out with, with worship. So uh, I'm going to pass it over to Andrew. <laughs> awesome. Anybody encouraged by the word from Mark this morning? That's so good. Thanks, I love that. It's so encouraging. That word, I love how Mark started off saying we're all 
kind of at the end of the day, these kids wondering, who are we? Who, who are we? We all have this big question, and we're going to end this morning. I want to go ahead and invite you to stand up. We're going to end like we always do, uh, singing a, another song together. We're going to do that, that song, No Longer Slaves Again, and uh, we're going to have a handful of people over to the side here, uh, like, we, like we like to have at the end of our services. Um, just if you need to pray with somebody, we, we want to make that available to you, but you may just need to end kind of drawing a line in the sand and stepping over it this morning. And saying that, you know, I'm not going to be tied to who I was anymore. I need to be who I am. I'm going to connect my identity to God. I, I love how he said, our identity is connected to something. Isn't that the truth? You, you are connected to something. That's, that's not the question. The question is, what am I connecting my identity to? And you may need to take a step this morning and say, you know, I, I'm going to break off the chain by the power of Jesus that's shackling me, like Mark said, to the things of my past. I'm going to grab hold of God's hand and be his child like he's called me to be. Does anybody else need that this morning? I know I, know I do. And if that's you, if you need to maybe make that decision for the first time, we'd love to have you come over and have somebody pray with you. But maybe you've already made that decision to to grab the hands with Jesus. And this morning you just say, I just need to pray with somebody to get this thing off of me. Or, or I've, I'm believing something and, and I know it's wrong, but I don't know what's right. Or I don't know. If you need prayer for anything at all, we'd love to have, have, uh, have you come over here and pray. If, if that's not you, if you don't want to go over there, then we're just going to respond together with this song and sing this song as a song of victory, right? Because just like God said, when you go and do all these things, like Mark said, we'll be back at this mountain. We'll be back at this mountain together celebrating. And I want that to be this song this morning, that whatever's facing you needs to become a when I conquer it in God kind of a thing. Because I know that I've got big things in my life too that I, I'm believing for, that I think God's promised, or that I'm trying to overcome, or whatever it is, and I need to transition out of if and into when maybe this morning, right? So you guys ready to declare a song of victory this morning? We're going to sing this song again, and would you jump in and, and worship one more time this morning as I pray with us. God, we love you, and we thank you that you are who you are, so we're no, we no longer are who we were. Lord, we grab hands with you this morning. Lord, I ask for anybody here who this morning has never uh, chosen to grab your hand and, and, and be identified as your child, I pray that this would be their moment. Lord, I pray for everybody here who has something in front of them that seems so big, a big if in front of them. God, I pray that by your spirit, we would believe that because you are who you are, the answer to our promise is when, when you come through, God, when you come through, not if. So we promise or we step into the promise this morning that we're no longer slaves to fear. We are children of God, and we love you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's sing together.